Hey kids, Jimmy O'Michigan here for the new D.W. Rascal Stickball Sticks. You got a ball? You got friends? You got the new D.W. Rascal Stickball Stick? You got a game! Well, the stickballer and all of us use D.W. Rascal Stickball Sticks. Now available in Mahogany. Now, you probably thought the show got hacked for a second there. It didn't. This is Chris Abalo's podcast experiment, and I am Chris Abalo. That greeting will make sense a little later on in the show. Yes, this show where I will be chatting with my friend John. Four episodes in a row with guests. This must be some kind of record. Not for podcast period, just for this show. But uh, welcome. If you're here for the first time, thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes. Give the show a five-star review because we love those. I love those. An army of one. I love those five-star reviews. And subscribe because that's important too. The show is uh, every other Monday, so you will have plenty of chatter to listen to aside from all the other distractions that are going on in the world. And speaking of distractions, I'm going to get on the old man soapbox here for a moment. I saw a girl out the other day. Now, when I say girl, I mean 19, maybe. Young lady, should I call her that, maybe? Young woman. But I'd say she was 19, maybe 20. And she had a t-shirt on that said, there's nothing wrong with being young, wild, and free. Now, the reason this was funny to me is because when it comes to the average 19-year-old, if you took away their iPhone, they'd be lost. So much for being free. They're so And look, I freely admit constantly that I'm way too attached to technology, to my smartphone, to the internet, everything else. I am way, way more attached than I'd like to be. But for a generation that has grown up with all of this access in their pockets, they're not free. Not at all. And uh, none of us are as long as we have this stuff. Even now, if you want to be a nomad and travel the world... You can have an iPad and still have all your all the movies and music and internet, all that stuff at your fingertips. I mean, you can with a smartphone, but with a tablet, you you have a bigger screen. So there, the uh, the shirt though made me laugh. Just thinking, like, uh, eh, the young and wild. Okay, I realize that's just another YOLO style kind of excuse for bad behavior. Hey, there's nothing wrong with it. All right, whatever you say. Hey, it's your life. You're fucking up. Oh, by the way, this is going to be an explicit episode. Uh, and based on the the conversation isn't incredibly crude between John and I, but there's some cursing, so just a heads up. Granted, I did just drop an F-bomb. I was find it funny. F-bomb, as if it's that drastic. Is anybody surprised by the word fuck in 2013? I hope not, but the, the term F-bomb does make me laugh. But you know what doesn't make me laugh? This actually kind of grosses me out. Waterless urinals. Yes, another item I decided to complain about when... I was out in the world, and uh, waterless urinals are gross. I can get behind the urinals that are the ones that say, like, these are use 88% less water than the average. That's fine. If a little bit of water comes down to flush and clean the thing out, that's fine. Because otherwise, the bathrooms just smell like piss, and that's disgusting. And uh, we don't want that. And yes, it's a bathroom. What can you expect They're going to smell like all sorts of lovely things, but you know what? You can probably minimize that if you have at least a little bit of a water flush, and those are out there, but when I was at a store recently and uh, they had a waterless urinal, I thought, ugh, gross, and you know what? I pretty much figured out when I walked in because the bathroom reeked, so stores, malls, wherever you are, don't go with the uh, waterless urinals. 
get something that flushes at least a little bit just to just to give it a rinse. That's fine. That is absolutely okay. Hey, you know what else isn't okay? The term for reels and adding an S on all sorts of other things like whatevs. First of all, whatevs isn't a word. I don't know why we're trying to conserve syllables. Apparently, there must be a syllable shortage because what's the diff? Whatev and then whatevs. Come on, man. We don't need any of this anymore. <laughs> we need to stop abbreviating words. for You know what it is? It comes out of the LOL and BRB and all that, the kind of instant messaging and now texting way of communicating. It's now gone from our fingertips into our mouths. Disgusting. No, really. It should stop. For reals, whatevs. You don't need to add an S onto something to give it some kind of emphasis. I mean, do we really need the phrase for real anyway? Can't you just say to somebody, no, seriously, that's what happened. No, for real, that's what happened. For real isn't that bad. It's pretty inane. But for reals, absolutely awful. And I have to, I've been avoiding it for a long time, since about the summer. And uh, you all know probably what I'm talking about. But yes, the phrase twerk. It's got to go. And do you know why? Because there's nothing wrong with the phrases I grew up with. And you may very well have grown up with them too. And those are grind and dry hump. There's nothing wrong with those. It's the same thing. From what I can tell, it's the same action. Don't go tell me it's a dance move or it has something to do with sticking your tongue out unattractively. Yeah, we get it. You're trying to rebel against your Disney child star past. Whatever. I've seen enough of the word twerk to last me the rest of my life. I've seen it on t-shirts. I've heard people talking about it. There are probably millions of YouTube videos that I haven't watched involving twerking and knock it off. Please just stop with twerking. It's such an annoying phrase. Okay, let's get on to something good. Um, oh, by the way, it was pointed out to me that in the last episode, I didn't make a recommendation. I usually recommend something in every episode to compensate for my complaining. So I'm going to recommend Best of Year 3 from The Only Podcast That Matters. Head over to theonlypodcast.com or iTunes or if you use apps like Beyond Pod or Stitcher. should still be on Stitcher. I think Stitcher only has the 10 most recent downloads, so it's probably still there. But uh, you can still get it on iTunes at the home of theonlypodcast.com. Check out Best of Year 3 from The Only Podcast That Matters because it's hysterical. And if you're new to this show and you haven't heard The Only Podcast That Matters, you're going to want to check it out to see what we're up to and uh, what we've been doing for the last three years. It's a highlight reel. It's a clip show from uh, what we've done between October 2012 and September 2013. Our favorite funniest stuff. Go check that out. All right. So I got a chance to sit down with my new friend, John, and talk about his career in entertainment. Uh, I'm not going to go into kind of how we met and what he's done and all that, because we talk about that in the chat itself. So let's get down to it right now. All right. I'm sitting here with John... Actually, how the hell do you pronounce your last name? I have no it's, idea. It's pronounced Karunas. Oh, okay. But everybody butchers it. Always. Right. Well, I wasn't about to, so I'm got everything Cordunas, Cajonas. Why don't you just change to Corona? I know, so, right? Just a, like John Corona. You can get some, <laughs> you get some Univision work. Dun, you know? dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, Karunas. And I don't even bother usually pronouncing it when people ask you. It's like, you know what? It just sounds kooky. It's one of those crazy Greek names that starts mm-hmm. in a K and ends in an S. So right. We just make it up. In O-U-S, no less. O-U-S. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's the staple. Karunas. Karuna. Okay. There you go. 
Now I know. Actually, because I didn't know, and I, here I am, stalled, look like an idiot, just sitting here like, is John, yeah. We've already gotten closer. <laughs> so uh, we met doing our, our day job. Mm-hmm. Um, f- funnily enough, only, we only really met less than three weeks ago. And it, Did we actually get to work together? <laughs> right, but I, my, I, I do think my favorite part about the whole thing is that as cliche as it usually sounds, we met on a corner. Yeah, we totally <laughs> did. That, that's what's even funnier. Right. <laughs> and it was, it was a totally professional rendezvous. Yes. It yes, was, it was. Not, it's not one of the lascivious tales of Hollywood you people normally hear. It actually was, we were doing legitimate. There was no exchange of Taxable work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, nothing like that. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, so anyway, uh, and we both obviously do the creative pursuits at night and have the day job, but, uh, creative for now is probably the, uh, the best label to put on. Yeah. Creative. <laughs> and we don't, uh, we're not waiters right. or baristas. So we have that going for us. Correct. That's we, also true. We're, we're semi, I think to an extent we could probably say that as of right now, like we get paid to be creative. That's true. To an extent. You're, and and to perform to an extent, yes, yes. so that's actually a good like point. Semi on stage, right? Yeah, yes. there there is there is certainly a performance element involved. When I, I, I do feel that when I go to work, I am I'm quote unquote I'm I'm on when I go. Yes, to work. yeah, yeah. You kind of have to be. Yeah. If I wasn't, it would it would suck for everybody, including myself. And, and yeah, most of all you. Yeah, I would say definitely. So yeah, there there is that element to it, thankfully. But uh, yeah, we pretty much hit it off. I Me, mean, you laugh at my jokes, yeah. we're cool. So. Uh, <laughs> It was a mutual laugh. That's a big sell for me. Yeah. I was just like, you and I have a very similar sense of humor. We right. should talk some more. By the way, I need to do a podcast this week. You freak? It's a big thing. So um, anyway, you're actually from here. You're one of those anomalies that I've only heard about. Born and raised. That's crazy. It blows people's minds all the time. It does because everybody, and, and here we go again, but our coworkers, mm-hmm. all from somewhere else. It's true. All from far-flung regions. We're, we're a dying breed, us uh, native Socalians. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so weird because do people from California go somewhere else expecting... The perpetual summer is happening somewhere no, else in the country? You know what? I think, okay, in my experience, people leave California for for work, not for climate. It's not okay. for anything else, but it's a career move. It's like I want to go to, people want to go to New York to do theater or okay, to that be makes dancers sense. or things like that. Mm-hmm. People, to me, people don't leave California seeking better uh, it's never seeking better weather. It's seeking cheaper housing. Or <laughs> There's none of that in New York. <laughs> Not a chance. But at least, at least out of California, like people will go to uh, the Midwest, yes, or something like that, because they can live like kings for cheap. You can't do that here. Oh, not at all. Yeah. No way. Or New York. Bad example. New York. Uh, yeah. Well, that's it's really one or the other. At least when it comes to performing. At least with something like music, which is something else you and I have in common. Mm-hmm. You also have Austin and Nashville. But when it comes to any kind of performance whether it's theater or television or what have you these are pretty much the two it's, places it's LA, where you can do it's LA it. and New York right Chicago's pretty good Chicago's got good theater true but, but still it's like if if you're if you want to do TV film you got to be in LA or New York so yeah definitely. mainstream yeah you can do anything from like what we're doing now you can do sure. anything on the internet from anywhere but, but yeah and, and on a mainstream level yeah you absolutely do need to be mm-hmm. in one of those two cities um but you've stuck it out I'm how, still here how to tell that my tale. <laughs> well, I think uh, the only reason why, I shouldn't say the only reason, but probably the main reason why I'm still here is because my whole family's here. Everybody. Uh, mom and dad are, well, dad's not a native California, but my mom is. I mean, my mom is 
a graduate of Hollywood High School, class of 66. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she's been around for her entire life. My dad came out in the 70s, so my whole family is here. Like, I have two older brothers and one older sister, all of whom live in the LA area. Like, I live two miles from both of my brothers, and I live in a house with my sister. Oh, wow. So it's like well, my whole family's here. Nice. So I think that's been the, the biggest thing that has, uh, that has kept me in LA the whole time. I, I mean, hey, I can't blame you. If, I, just, if, if the weather just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big push for me. Yeah. I mean, between the weather, I've, I've talked about it endless times on, on this show. But uh, yeah, the weather helps. Mm-hmm. It is kind of a drag that both my sister and I are out here and our parents are, are back in New Jersey because right. it's, it's a trick. If it was a four-hour drive or something, yeah, it's, if they were like Vegas in distance. San Diego or something. Right, you know, yeah. And I keep telling them, I'm like, story. I'm going to get you a house one day. You watch. Like, right. It's, it's going to happen or I'll get you into... An assisted living facility out here. But still in yeah. LA. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll come visit you every yeah, other right. week. It'll be more than... I'm skipping a jump away. Yeah. It'll be more than now. Yeah, right. That counts for something, right? <laughs> I'll bring you dinner. Mom, you still there? Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, nonetheless, uh, with just being here, though, you certainly got bitten by a performance. But well, was music yeah. the first wave of that for you? No, theater was. I did uh-huh. a lot of like young artists ensemble stuff and I did uh, I did children's theater. I actually, you know what? I take it back. It started in 6th grade was when that's when I was cast as uh Ebenezer Scrooge in my oh. school's rendition of a Christmas carol. <laughs> and the rest as they say is, is history. history. Uh yeah, so that was that was the first time I ever did an acting thing and after that uh was when people were like, you know, you should give this a shot. So I did local theater. Uh I did plays and I did a, a couple of musicals and then after that started to get a little bit more into music and then into hosting, which was kind of like I moved away from acting for a little while to focus on hosting. Mm-hmm. And then recently it's kind of been like a focused shift back to gotcha. acting. Hosting is, and, and it's funny because people will take shots at somebody like say Ryan Seacrest or whatever, right. but there really, it really is a skill. Like hosting is a totally different. It's really funny to me that you mentioned that name because I don't care who says it. Ryan Seacrest is a genius. The dude is a genius, and he's absolutely good at what he does. He is, he is a niche. Yes. and Which is great, because even though he may not be particularly funny or bring a certain personality to it, um, and, and that's not taking a shot at him at all, but he has he's really good at what he he's, does. He's damn he's good at what he does. He's great at the hosting thing. Yeah. Can, and, he, and he works like 19 jobs. Seriously. He, he does New Year's Eve. He has a radio show in the morning. He does American Idol. He's on a bunch of different TV shows. RSP, Ryan Seacrest Productions. <laughs> and he, yeah, he just, he, oh, absolute genius. I have, I have no, uh, I have nothing negative to say about the guy. I've also never met him, so it's right. not like I have any personal <laughs> bad experiences. But no, he's he's really, really good at what he does. Yeah, he does, and he works his ass off at it. It's not like he's got one gig and he's just coasting. But the days the days of hosting are way different now. Like, you don't show up, and I know this because this is what I've gone through, where people say, like, the job doesn't exist where you just show up and deliver some lines that somebody else wrote for you. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, hosts are the people that produce their own content, you write your own content, and you have expertise in an area right like that's how you really get it it's the days of just being you know a, a tom bergeron mm-hmm. it's like that's that kind of stuff those opportunities new opportunities like that don't really exist anymore you've mm-hmm. got to be producing your own content nowadays right yeah there's no reading off a teleprompter like nope. there used to be like that's why people like let's say joe McHale yeah. has excelled because he can do 
the soup. It's still called the soup, right? I don't know. Yeah, I don't really watch yeah, it. Okay. <laughs> he, he can do that and he could do something like community, but he comes in with material. He's yes, he coming with jokes. It's not like he's, he's not a team just of 16. Being like, hey, somebody give me the script. What am I reading? It's not like that. A lot of those guys yeah, right. nowadays, you're, you're writing a lot of stuff as well. Oh, definitely. And mm-hmm. I think it's, it's also changed. The nature of his change because you have guys like Daniel Tosh who come in who, I mean, I'm sure he has a staff of writers, oh, but yeah. he, he still needs to come in and put his own spin on it, and he needs For to have sure. a sharp sensibility. They do not present him a final script of Tosh.0. Yeah, he's oh, yeah. definitely involved in that Oh, yeah. I mean, th- there was a, a bit of a, um, let's say, kerfuffle. Number one, because I like that word, but number two, it kind of it wasn't like a big deal. <laughs> so let's, let's call it a kerfuffle with, um, because Colbert Report just won the uh, Emmy for Variety Show, I believe it was. Okay. And uh, some people are saying like, well, it's... It, it, because his, his name's on the show, that's fine. He just hosts the show, but I believe there's like fifteen, sixteen writers on the show, and uh, similar thing with the Daily Show, which it's not taking anything away from, let's say, Stephen Colbert or John Stewart, because they still need to be able to, even if they're straight up performing it, which I don't believe they are, they still need to play into a, a certain character, especially Colbert does. Mm-hmm. But there is stuff that's written, or uh, even like talk shows, like Conan O'Brien has writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people say like, well, they're not actually necessarily that funny. No, but they still need to bring something to it. You yeah. still need to have... I mean, hell, I've only been doing the show on my own since April. So it's been not quite seven months. And it's still something different than what I'm used to. I'm used to sitting and just chatting with friends. Right. Whereas actually sitting and having to talk one-on-one with the person, totally different. Or mm-hmm. like do a monologue on top of the show, totally different than what I'm used to. So it really right. is a skill that you're you develop like it just doesn't happen overnight it really is its own its own thing yeah i mean I i'm not gonna get an oscar offer anytime soon that's for sure <laughs> Take i'm it not back. gonna do that person Take yeah. that back. <laughs> <laughs> one day i would do it i'll put it out there right now i, yeah. I come cheap and uh, i know people are, half people are gonna love it half people are gonna hate it so if anyone does that's just the nature of the game me, that totally is it's yeah. and that's the way it's always been it's true but uh yeah the hosting thing you actually had a pretty cool experience, especially for. I'm not sure how old you were. You worked for uh, Nickelodeon good. though for a while. Uh, yeah, I worked for. Uh, I worked for under Nickelodeon. Let's see. I was 25 when I got hired by Nickelodeon, and I was 27 when I stopped working for Nickelodeon. So I was, I was working as a host for a while, and then swore off. That was when I was working on cruise ships, just like a social host, mm-hmm. and swore I was going to give up cruising forever like i don't want to do this anymore and of course i'm i get off of a contract and i get back home and this is in the mindset of i'm not going back to cruise ships and that's when nickelodeon approached me and said we have a program on a cruise ship and it's it's game show hosting would you be interested in doing it that's what i was got absolutely (laughs) (laughs) of course i was straight from being absolutely not too right i'll be working for how long you say uh so i was like i did three contracts I did three contracts for Nickelodeon, and it was a wow. blast. But then it it came down to, and I remember the conversation that I had with one of the producers, the conversation that I had when I finally decided to leave Nickelodeon because I left another offer on the table to go back. Uh, a conversation that I had with somebody was like, I, and this is nothing personal against, uh, against anybody that came before me in Nickelodeon, but I don't want to wake up 35 still hosting Dora's dance party on a cruise ship. Oh, yeah. Of I like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to say that that's what I'm doing. I want to be able to look back and say that that Nickelodeon hosting job is how I got my start. You know, that was my, in my mind, my first real break mm-hmm. was that. Uh, so that was when I kind of, I finally, finally just decided to shift back to being on land and trying to 
pursue other things. Gotcha. It's yeah. funny too. A lot of people have said that similar things I've heard from people in interviews. Mm-hmm. Where like, I went to Vegas do six months, and thirteen years later, I'm still here. Yeah, that kind of thing. Where yeah. you almost get stuck in that. You do. And I think we've all done it with, let's say, regular jobs. I never planned on staying in retail for nearly ten years, which right. I ultimately did. Right. But it was just a job for the time, and it eventually becomes the norm. And you don't, you can't just walk away and and switch careers or something else especially when you don't know where your money is coming from next absolutely so if you get a contract yeah it's like total catch 22s where i would be at home off of a contract like okay i have a couple of months i've saved up all my money from my contract uh i have a couple of months to figure things out and then nothing happens and money is dwindling and then you run out of money and that's just like okay Mm -hmm. now i need to take another contract to go get the money back to come back so it's all just a big catch 22 so yeah uh, that was the thing, but even for cruise ships, granted, I did, I, I had different positions. I was working in different capacities on cruise ships, but I was there for four and a half years on wow. cruises on and off. So it was the same thing. I went into it with a six month contract. I'm going to do this for six months and then see what happens after that. Mm-hmm. Four and a half years later, just like the Vegas. Yeah, before, yeah, yeah, honestly, before you know it, it's like, oh man, this much time has passed and you wake up, you're just like, I can't keep doing this. Yep. I mean, I, actually, when it came to specifically the cruise ship thing, Back when I was, I was 26 when I graduated from Musicians Institute, and uh, there is a an alumni connection in as much as you you can get offered things, or you will get, and even still now I'm in touch and I'm on the list, and I will check and see about employment opportunities because even though music's not the priority like it used to be, it, it's still something that I'm I'm open to doing if something came along, which is another thing you and I both spoke about, mm-hmm. and. Uh, but when I graduated, all that was there was there were these um, contracts to play on cruise ships. They were all a year. Yep. And, I mean, I was also still in the middle of an apartment lease. But I thought, if I was 21, 22, and getting out of school, and I didn't have ties, and I didn't have all these student loans from going to school coming up, I totally would have done it. But there was a part where I was just like, I'm almost 27. I can't see myself going out for a year right. when I still have an apartment lease and just living – on a ship. I mean, this is also pre yeah. pre smartphone. Maybe the first iPhone was at the time. So I'm thinking, <laughs> as long as I've got my iPad, yeah, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to talk to anybody. Right, I'm right. going to be completely remote. But I thought the the idea was good. But I just almost felt like I was too old for it. Just because I thought if I was younger, yeah. I'd, I'd be more open to like, yeah, I'm going to get out there and see the world. I'm going to be in a ship, and it's going to be great. Um, I mean, the money wasn't great either. I think it was like. The one that paid the most was like 400 a week, and I thought, eh. That sounds about right to yeah. start. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, which I had to do with, like I said, with student loans and all that other stuff just coming up and still had – how many months did I have? I, I still had about five months on my apartment lease as well. Really? So I thought I can't just get up and leave. I probably shouldn't duck out I right now. Yeah, this is going to be really, really complicated. No, that's, that was, it was never part of a plan. I never planned on going to a cruise ship. It was never one of those things where – when I was still in college, graduation was approaching, thinking in the back of my head, I'm going to take this cruise ship job. It was not ever like that. Graduation was approaching, and mom and dad were pressuring me, what are you going to do about money? What are you going to mm. do about a job? Oh, yeah. And I hadn't even really thought about it, because I was just focused on trying to finish school, get my degree. That was just priority number one. I just want the degree. I want the piece of paper, and then I'll deal with things after that. Yeah. And somebody, it was my cousin who had worked on a cruise ship, she said, have you ever thought about cruising? I said, No. So I looked into it. I sent off one email, and then I got a response that was basically like, fill out this medical packet, and we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you shortly. And I did this ridiculously rigorous medical screening, every test under the sun. Really? Uh, I, I had to take a pregnancy test. I'm just kidding. I didn't actually <laughs> have to do that. But uh, yeah, hey, I graduated. These days, who, <laughs> can't it would be, be a surprise. You yeah. can't be too careful. 
liability concerns as well for a company like Viacom. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it was um, so. Let's see. I graduated college a month and three days after I walked. I was on a plane to go to England to get on my first cruise contract. Wow, where'd you go while you were on the cruises? Actually, I, I, like the England thing, I didn't know. Everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> it was good. My first one, my first contract was a Baltic cruise. So it was like Russia, Denmark, Sweden, Norway. Wow. Germany, England, um, other random places like Poland, Latvia, Lithuania. Uh, so that was my first one, which is kind of all over the place. Yeah, that's a really exotic array. It was of, I mean, these it are was fantastic. Now that people are going on the cruises. Was this like a week at a time or like a 10 day cruise? The like- cruises that I was doing on my first one were two week cruises uh, because the Baltic hmm. cruise is very, very long and it's got a lot of overnights. It's mm-hmm. like. Part of it is two days in Stockholm and three days here and there. So there are a lot of overnights on that on that cruise, which I, they were fourteen day cruises. The first contract that I did, oh okay, very long ones. My other, my second one was started in Alaska, and then I went through the Panama Canal to the Caribbean, and then I spent six months in the Caribbean. Oh wow, uh, which didn't suck. Oh, how could it? My Mondays really... consisted of walking to the closest beach and seeing what the cheapest bucket of beer was I could find. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was my, my daily excursion for myself. Uh, uh, so that, that does sound awesome. It was good. It was good. And then I did a Caribbean run. I've done um, Mediterranean runs like Italy and Germany and, uh, well, not necessarily Mediterranean for Germany, but Spain and Greece and France. And then I did... Probably the most unique one I ever did, and I did them for a couple of months, were Holy Land cruises. And really? It was like Turkey and Israel and Egypt, uh, which was interesting. Do they know what Nickelodeon is? They do not. <laughs> but everybody knows SpongeBob. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. Nobody knows Nickelodeon, but you show them SpongeBob, and everybody has a different name for him. So I learned, I learned all of like the different derivations of SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. Like in Spanish, Bob Esponja. And in German, SpongeBob Schwammkopf. This is all real stuff, by wow. the way. Oh, I, I absolutely believe you. It's uh, just... Yeah. That's so that was, be... Yeah, that was it. My last one was um, my last one was actually stationed in New York. It went New York down to the Bahamas, oh, and wow. I did that run every week for seven months, and then I left. And now I'm in LA again. That's the you, see. That's what's even more fascinating about the fact that you're still here. You've you're actually right. been all around and still came back to California. Everywhere else is nice to visit. It's nice to visit mm-hmm. Italy. I don't want to live in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't. It's a, it's a different standard of living. Granted, the food's out of this world, but oh, different no standards of living. I like me some L.A. <laughs> I like me some America. I, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a lot easier to acclimate, I think, out here. I mean, I know people who come out and visit, and they're just like, I couldn't live here. I don't know how it is you can live here, but right. I find it easy. Well, it also helps me because I grew up a half hour from the beach. Right. So to come out here and be a half hour from the beach certainly helps. Easy just, transition. Just because, yeah. yeah. I mean, if I was in... Salt Lake City, uh, not quite the same. Right. Or Minneapolis. Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. No, Vancouver, not exactly the same. Right. So that that part of it, that element is at least, okay, there's something familiar about this. And, of course, the perpetual summer, which I just can't get enough of. Of course. It's just one of those things, but it's it's always the little things that add up. So being away is nice. Being abroad is nice. But coming home, I like not having to barter for everything. Like, I don't want to have to sit there and negotiate you about everything that I want to buy. I don't mm-hmm. want to do that. I want to come to L.A. and have somebody say, that's three ninety nine, And then I'll give you three ninety nine. 
have a nice day and I'm out the door. It's like I don't want to have to sit there and ha- like haggle with haggle you about absolutely everything. Yeah, it's just if there are streets, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, kind of. We'll call them streets. We'll call them streets. Pseudo streets. Yeah, just so yeah. people understand the reference point we're talking yes. about. Yes. Uh, so that was the alleys of Turkey. I like having in certain aspects. I like having set things where I'm going to do this and that's it, and mm-hmm. I don't have to. Yeah, haggle every, <laughs> just every minute of every day haggling. That must be kind of weird, too, when you have all these international tourists. I mean, just for lack of a better term, the people who are on the, the cruises. And uh, having to host something for them. Right. Like, I mean, I assume you're doing it all in English, right? I was doing it all in English. There was a period where Nickelodeon, because we were doing cruises based out of Spain, we were in Barcelona, and I had to learn half of my show in Spanish. Ah. Uh, which was tough because it's like I speak okay Spanish. Well, I can get by being out in here, Spanish. Yeah, you have to out here. But having to learn how to host a game show in Spanish and make it sound natural—that was that was a task. That part <laughs> kind of sucked. And the, at one point, because we had a lot of we had a lot of Russian people at that time, which was random, but we were just always getting heavy counts of Russian guests. And at, at one point, they had like. I took it as a threat, but they told me, like, you're probably going to have to learn some of this show in Russian. And I was like, pardon my French, fuck that. Like, <laughs> no way. I am not going to learn this show in Russian. Are you kidding me? Vodka, Lenin. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night, everybody. We'll see you around the bed. Dos Vidania. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was, I wasn't about to do that. I wasn't about to, to try to learn a show in Russian. No, thanks. I stammer enough in English. If, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you know how much trouble I have in my native tongue? Seriously. Do you want me to speak this? No, thanks. And it's in similarly, like you said, like you have to learn how to make it sound natural. You have to accent certain words because structurally every language is – I realize this is a revelation, but structurally every language has their sentences laid out differently. Oh, yeah. So you're you're emphasizing different – like you're, you're learning how to speak all over again. Completely. So – and it's got to be weird even though you're running – Kind of off a, I take it there was a baseline kind of script. There's a baseline script with, with, uh, you're absolutely right, you nailed it. Room to move, but there is definitely a guideline script where it's like, make sure you hit point A, B. We'd like for you to say it like this too in this order, but, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in the nature of Nickelodeon and embracing who you are, you're always invited to kind of put your own spin on things. Cool. Yeah, it's good. That is good, honestly. It's, it sounds something. It sounds like something that would be really cool. And- it was always one of those things, too, where... Uh, and I, this is one thing that I'll always miss, but it was funny at a given time when I was... You know, when I was doing that job and I'd be on vacation, like I'd be back home in L.A. visiting for a couple of months and I'd meet somebody and they would ask me, what do you do? <laughs> and I would say, be like... I host a Nickelodeon game show on a cruise ship, and I get paid handsomely to slime people on a stage in front of international guests. Oh, it was that kind of stuff? It was I, that kind of stuff, yeah. Oh. It was actually an old TV show. That it, was, it was a game show that was on TV that got taken off of TV. It got canceled, and then they revamped it as a traveling game show. Oh, okay. So were you a part of that then? That the was broadcast my show. version? No, 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 no. They took certain snippets and you know aired commercials to try to market Nickelodeon cruising, but uh, it wasn't like a televised TV show. I got gotcha. you. When okay. I got my hands on it, it wasn't like that. All right. Well, no, because I see things like The Price is Right live, and it's right. The Price is Right kind of on tour, but it's not Drew Carey doing it and right. all that. So that's why I'm wondering if it's something that was separate from a, the, it the was, televised equivalent. It was like that same basic format, exactly like what you're talking about, just not actually filmed and televised. Gotcha. It was for but the it guests. it was sliming people and all that oh, other yes. stuff. The glorious slime. It was a good time. <laughs> I finally got to fulfill my dream of getting slimed. Did you? Oh, I did, of course. Oh, that must. Well, 
I'm just asking. I don't know how many times <laughs> the host gets put in a dunk tank on these yeah, things. Right? I mean, I'm just. It's okay. There will come a time where I'm going to. I'm going to try to get all my friends and family together, and I want to have like a mass sliming, and I want to slime everybody, <laughs> just so that, that that way everybody knows what it's like. You have to get a trough to hang above everybody, though, because you need to do. A oh, fire. absolutely. You couldn't just get a fire hose. No, no way. Down. Just blasting everybody. Be, was like, yes. this is an awful experience. Yeah, no. Everybody's got welts on them. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell right happened? I got slimed. <laughs> You sure did. Uh, high speed slime coming high at them. Speed slime. Dangerous velocities. Terrible. So uh yeah, now you came back here. LA. And now whoop you're whoop. and now you're leaning more towards the acting thing pretty much. I am, which you and I talk at great lengths about. We do, yeah. And uh we we are working on some stuff. It's a little too early just to put it out there in as much as I personally I wouldn't consider myself superstitious, but I also don't like talking about things until they're actually done and in the can. I completely agree. Uh, just because I don't want to kind of talk things up too much before they've happened. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. uh more to come on that. You, you will see. You will see John and I on film in short order. Yeah, exactly. Right. So now you're back in LA, and the pursuit has come to moving what? forward. Writing, which you know a lot about, doing oh, yeah. some writing, trying to get some things off of the ground for you know those of us that lack representation. Yeah, <laughs> which is the hardest part. So writing, trying to get things going. In the meantime, earning a paycheck. Yeah. Wah, wah. Yeah. Exactly. That's the, that's the interesting thing about. Um, the representation part of it, because I, first of all, I do get it. And I've had this conversation with a lot of people where they're just saying, like, it's so hard to get an agent. But I get why things are the way they are now, because you do need to prove yourself mm-hmm. as far as it, it's basically become like any other job. You need to prove that you're able to do it on your own and that you can, that, that you are responsible enough to essentially be Before independent. Before somebody's going to back you on it. Yes. Oh, yeah. Which I get it, because it's, it's just like going in for any other job. If you have no experience, being an accountant, you're not going to get hired for an accounting firm. At a firm. senior level accountant. Yes, yeah. you need to have done the work yourself or, or studied or whatever it is. And frankly, for all the people who come out here who have studied something, you have to weed out the people who are actually yes. able to do it or who are actually hungry enough to do it or who are pursuing Absolutely. it. Because people come out here for six months, they're just like, ah, screw it, I'm going back or I could be the biggest local theater draw in my town. And it's okay, right. fine. Like. But this once is how you leave it is. That town, <laughs> yeah. Like, here's the deal: you're coming to a place where, realistically, the top of every area doesn't come to L.A. There's a lot of middle and bottom. Yes. but still, the top. A lot of people do come here from the top of their of their region and uh, try to go somewhere with it. So there is that. But I mean, I also don't look at it as being competitive, right? Because I'm just looking to, to develop myself and the things sure. that I do. And a lot of people just have that. I mean, even people are kind of surprised by my demeanor. Even uh, friends I've made and people I've met through uh, through various endeavors uh, mm-hmm. in the year that I've been out here. But a lot of people just say, like, you haven't been doing this long, have you? Because I'm upbeat. And I'm just like, no, this is honestly just me. Right. I said, I'm not, I'm not looking at it, it from the way of just, like, they didn't pick me. And getting very kind of like a... I guess insecure right. about it because I'm like, well, I'm, I'm pursuing different things and I realize other people are, but I don't let that distract me and I don't let the fact that I don't have an agent dissuade me from pursuing things. You're going to continuously do the things that you like doing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like something like I've, I've yet to make a nickel off of doing podcasting, right. but I enjoy doing it. I'm good at it. I can be funny on the fly. I can hold a conversation, but it's also easy because I've had primarily friends on the show. Right. So, uh, <laughs> but... As a means of developing this, it is a good idea. And even to do this, as I said, for the last few months, it's still it's something I haven't done before. And uh, even though I'm developing it in a, in a public way, <laughs> in as much as I'm not uh, sitting here and yakking into a mic and then not releasing it, because that would probably make me a crazy person. But 
uh, there is kind of that uh, that growth that's kind of happening in public for me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's and that's fine. That's the way it is for right now. I'm still trying to I'm still trying to handle the whole uh, saying where it goes a little something like this: "You don't find the representation; the representation finds you." Yeah, and then going from there. But in the meantime, yeah, uh, being LA based means. To me, it means hanging on to your dream, but also you have to deal with reality in the meantime. Oh, yeah. Like, I do still have to, I have to work Monday through Friday to pay my bills, which leaves me little time for other things, but I, that's, that's not to say that it leaves me no time for other things. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, you have to, you have to make time for those things, too. And it's true. It's funny how there's so many people who, uh, all, not many, there are a few people in my world who have said, I'm just in as much like how are you going to do that how are you going to go out there and try and do something I'm like well there's never going to be a good like timing wise there's never going to be a good time, there, the time there's is, never going to be a point be now yeah there's all the lights are never going to be green it's and true you, and you can't wait for it to happen and um it's a matter of well i need to at least do i need to at least bet on myself because i can't just sit and wait until there's time it's like it's like when people say like oh, i don't have time to go to the gym well nobody has time to go to the gym right unless you're a professional bodybuilder and right. you do it for six hours a day it's every written day into your schedule for you yeah you that's paid to be at the gym right if, yeah. if it's part of your career that's fine but you still had to start by making time for it and it's the same thing with this it's well you want to do something in if you want to develop something else you have to work but you need to find the time to, to work on whatever else it is you need to do it in your spare time it's mm-hmm. and that may be part of kind of paying your dues, but it's also a matter of you have to get good at it. Sure. Because a lot of people... skill. Yeah. And, and a lot of people expect now, and I get on a soapbox about it all the time with the... Uh, because I've yet to hear a better term for, for it with the millennials where there's just like an entitlement thing and uh, a lot of kids graduating college and it's just saying like, all right, where's my job? It's like, eh, it doesn't really it work doesn't that really way. It doesn't really work like you that. Do, yeah. Like <laughs> your you job's out there. You know but... how many people graduated a bachelor's degree last right. year? You need to actually go out and get kind of good at something. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's like I said, it's it's no different, and I don't look at it as so far removed from anything my friends with quote real jobs have done. Because it's like, well, if you want to get good at anything, it's it's what you do off the job that makes you better when you are on the job. And hey, it's better to practice and get better in private than it is to do it publicly. I have because... a lot of conversations with myself in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten really good at talking to myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of pep talking in the morning. Oh, okay, yeah, man. oh, yeah. You can do this. We're gonna... <laughs> Whose day is this? Your day? What's your name? John. Yeah, a whole lot of that, a whole lot of that. You're the man. Yeah. You're the man. <laughs> Woo, let's do this thing. Really? <laughs> let's <Yeah>. roll. <laughs> Lock and load. <laughs> We're having a funny chat about movie trailers earlier oh, yes. and how everything is a, is become cliched. Just a bunch of smash cutting with cliched lines. More on that later. Oh, yeah. But uh, as in in the future, not in this episode. But anyway, uh, so is anybody else in your family, does anybody else have any creative bent or is it kind of just you? Are you the black sheep like I am? That's a really good question. To answer that question, everybody in my family is very creative. My mother is an art teacher. Um, Oh, cool. My dad's in banking, but he plays in a band, and he's played in that band since before I was born. So I've been like going to my dad's band mm-hmm. shows ever since I was a kid. Everybody is creative in some way. I mean, my oldest brother's a general contractor, so he builds for a living. I'd call that creative. No, it totally is. Uh, my older brother, he writes music. It's not to say it's it's a hobby, but I mean, like he still creates. My sister takes improv classes in L.A. to try to be creative. So everybody kind of has that thing. 
nobody's making a living off of it. I'd say, except for my mom, who's you know a teacher, who's a teacher, yeah. But but they get um, it. Everybody gets it. It's not coming from a place of just like I don't know where he gets it from. No, no, no. It's not like that where you saw black sheep of the family like, yeah, John wants to be an actor. Yeah, it's it's not. It's one of those people. (laughs) You're not my son. (laughs) Yeah. No, everybody's super supportive. You're always thinking about yourself, yeah, right. John. Yeah, speaking you're of movie a, trailer, it's a pipe dream. When are you gonna grow up? Why are you always thinking about yourself? It's you and your damn cinema movies. <laughs> Just swallow your pride. <laughs> your cinema movies, what and your you? picture shows, <laughs> uh, your matinees. <laughs> you see him on hula hoops and Pac-Man video games. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I, it's it's good. People are supportive, but at the same time, you have to stay grounded in reality. Where it's like you know, auditions aren't going to pay rent this month. So, oh, definitely not. Yeah, definitely not. That's but it's it's, it's also part. a part of the process. That's another yeah. funny thing when I talk to people, uh, just casually, who're just like, man, auditioning. And I look at it as I don't do it a lot. And when mm-hmm. I do it, it's usually from home, like a voiceover thing. I never had to get up and read a script for anybody. But I also don't really go out for on camera stuff either. But uh, it's funny how people just say, like, who? And I think that's part of it, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, that honestly is, if nothing else, you're at least getting better at auditioning. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, you don't know what it, they're looking for. It's and, true. Oh, they know what they're looking for, and they'll see it. Actually, in um, the fourth episode of this show, my friend Rick came on, who's a character actor, and his thing was basically they know what it is they're looking for, and they'll recognize it when they see it. So you can't take any of it personally. No, you can't. You can't. And a it's, lot of people do. A lot of people take it to heart and just like, I'm never going to do it. I'm never going to make this or that. But you don't know what it is they're looking for. You're going in because you're looking for work. It's, it's so <laughs> they're true. They're looking for and something I mean, specific. It sounds so cliche, but for, for every yes, there are just an infinite amount of no's. It's oh, yeah. Just, it, you gotta, it just comes with the territory, and you got to roll with the punches. It's just the way it is. Nobody... Nobody is going to be loved by everybody. No, no chance. Case. Especially no chance. here. It's such a cutthroat industry. It's, it's and ever, ever changing. I mean, as soon as something stops yeah. turning profit, it's, it's done. And you know something else that I, uh, that I think it's dusted under the rug that I was reading about a little more the other day is that there's no such thing as like somebody just giving you a part. It doesn't just happen like that. Everybody reads for everything. Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. He, he has a lot of his family involved in his stuff. And his, one of his sons was like in one of his movies. And he still made his son read for the part. And so oh, like, yeah. You still do that kind of stuff. It's there's, never handed yeah, to you. There's nothing. Because, I mean, you hear all the, the casting couch stories and all this yeah. other stuff. Or you hear about these things, which I think is more for playing into the illusion of porn than it is reality. I mean, I'm sure it's somebody's reality, but they don't right. actually make movies. But uh, none of that is worth fucking up your movie. Right. It's not because still it's like if you can't I mean look if there's I'm not singling out Michael Bay. I don't know a thing about the man. I've just seen his movies. But when you look at all the all the female extras in Transformers who were all hot, yeah, there's no audition for that because you're just kind right. of standing around looking scared. Um and I'm not I'm not putting on him just like, well, I've heard. Okay, I, be I don't know. Scared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put your hands on your face and scream. All right. Go. Like it, it's different more, when you're talking about something like that. that. Yeah. yeah, but it's not nobody can literally sleep their way to the top now because it's people will literally laugh you off screen. Yeah. Especially now where audiences are so fickle. And when when things don't find an audience, like movies don't find an audience at the theater or TV shows, don't even find an audience in real time anymore because people watch them on demand or they watch them on Netflix or whatever. Like nobody, everybody watches them in their schedule. So you literally, you do. You need to actually be good at it. Yeah, and and that's something that's kind of lost. Like, oh, they're just pretty. Like the the example that comes up a lot, and I'm sure I've mentioned it a thousand times, 
is Ashton Kutcher. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of his. I don't think I've enjoyed anything I've seen him in. Nothing against him, but people say he's probably that one in a million person who stepped off the Greyhound bus and got something. But I'm sure he still had to read and be better than 10 other guys who were auditioning for that same part in that 70s show. Right. So he did need to bring something to it. He had to have something. I mean, I I used to watch that show, and I think think he killed it as the character Kelso. I mean, it's like whoever else he had to beat out, obviously – he had something that the people that that the writers, the producers wanted. Right, it was the bottom line. Yeah, and I think I really think that's a myth where people say, "Oh, it's just because of this or just because of that." No, but you still have to do it because now, now more than ever, if you're going to do anything, you have to produce. Even when you're not getting hired for jobs, let's say you still at least need to produce your own content, which plays into. For instance, what you and I are, have kind of been working on, uh, ideas we've been chipping away at, where it's right. like, okay, well, no one's paying us to do this, and uh, we're going to hone our skills. Yeah, exactly. And now there's at least an outlet for it where you can shoot stuff and put it on YouTube. You can do – I mean, I'm not looking to get a radio gig, but I enjoy doing the podcasting thing, and I'm able to do it. <laughs> I have the skills to do it, so I'm doing it on a regular basis for me and also to get better yep. and to put something out there, but – you do it. There's no sitting around waiting to like, well, I have a commercial audition next week, and for now I'm just going to watch General Hospital. Like That era is right. pretty much over. Now if you yep. actually want to work, you need to produce. You need to be in charge of creating content or getting involved in other people's content. And you got to be – yeah, that's absolutely right. Get involved in other people's stuff. Uh, try to throw your two cents in. You got to – it's it's – this is the only way to to practice in this industry. It's like you got to practice, and that's, oh, yeah. that's our practice. Yeah, athletes warm up and they play when they're you know they literally have to go practice. Right. So that's that's how we have to do it too. Yeah. Oh, it's it's the age old thing about with uh, like Michael Jordan. Like, how'd you get so good? It's getting up every day and practicing in high school and everything. Single day. Yeah, that's how you get. That's how you become an all star, or that's at least how you get into great golf. The majors. Thousand balls a day. Yeah. You know, keep their swing, and it's the same thing here. It's you can't act for. 10 years and not do anything and go back and just be phenomenal 10 years later. It's like you got you got to write things, shoot shorts, do sketches, mm. get involved in local theater. That's how you practice. Same exact thing. Yeah. Same exact thing. And it's it's interesting though that that's at least now it's coming from an area where if you can generate content, you essentially will work. Sure. I mean even when it comes to like getting back to the hosting thing we were talking about earlier, if it's okay, you can be funny, you can kind of riff on something all right, good, because that's the person we need to host the soup or an equivalent. You know what I'm saying? Like a right. show like that. Like they're looking for people. And uh, that helps too, like with comedians. Like there's – I have a friend who is interested in doing stand-up and he's very reluctant to. And people have been telling me since I was a teenager, oh, you should do stand-up. You should do stand-up. And I'm like, but I'm not a writing jokes kind of guy standing right. up and doing a routine. Like I just – I yak and I, I can say funny stuff. Like I can, I can literally just be a smartass. That's fine. But I don't feel like I can actually structure something to refine it. If I did, I'd end up performing it. Right. It, and it would be an act. But um, people have said, like, oh, you should do stand-up. And I, like I said, I've resisted it. And a friend of mine wants to try doing stand-up, wants to go to an open mic, but is scared to. And uh, I've, I have an agreement with him, like, I'll prepare five minutes and go do it if you do it. If like, I will do, do it, it for yourself. I'll do it for me, just just literally for shits and giggles. Right. And uh, But if you're going to get up and do it, if you're leaning in that direction, that's fine. So more of like a, you know, I'll do it if you do it kind of thing. Moral but I'm not, I'm not looking to do what it. What a yeah. good friend. Well, <laughs> like, I'm not Such looking to do guy. it, but I can do, like, I've just been, you know, I monologue on this show and I've been writing just 
blogs for years. So I'm just thinking like I could assemble a couple of minutes of just things that I can riff on that off the top of my head. I know what my opinions and perspectives are on on certain things. I said, Hey, if you want to get into it, it's, it seems like at least you're able to do that. You can, you can translate that into something else. Like Louis CK is not just a comedian. He is a director and a writer and everything else. As much as he's able to get up on stage and do his thing, he's all these other aspects of his, his expertise that go into like making his show. And that's why he's able to do things the way he is. It starts with his ability to stand up, but there's so much more behind it that he's able to actually put that to use yes. in the context of doing a show. But he's all encompassing. He's he does he does all of it. He's got everything, to say the least. Yeah, no, oh, he totally does. He's hilarious, and he knows a lot because I've heard a bunch of interviews with him, and he knows a lot about lenses and about the look of things, and. This is this kind of a fun fact, because I learned this not too long ago. I was like, that's awesome. Uh, His show, Louie, on FX, Mm -hmm. uh, the budget for one episode of that show is like $250,000, which, relatively speaking, is chump change. Oh, Um, definitely. For a half-hour show? Totally. And it's because he films on all of his cameras, and he edits all of the content himself. Yes. He does that in exchange for complete creative freedom with, with FX. So it's just kind of cool. Like he it does, is, yeah. He literally does it all himself. Yeah. yeah he, as long as you do it within this budget, you can do what you want. Mm-hmm. And people tune in. Like I finally think – actually, I believe in, in season three, the one that just uh, ended, I believe he did take on an editor or like a co-editor. But otherwise, he was editing on his laptop. Right. And uh, I think – see, that plays into two where it's – if he couldn't generate his own content, if he was just an actor, and I'm not pissing on actors at all, obviously, or, or performers who don't write, but he at least has that where it's, oh, I'm able to self-produce this on my own. They say, okay, here's a budget, bring it under this amount, and there you go. And that's a case where it's him and FX are getting rich together, essentially, yes, yes. because it's you go do this for X amount of money, and... We're spending it in. virtually nothing on it, but we're all making a ton off of it. Oh, they totally are. Yeah. Yeah. And it, but that's perfect. Like now I feel like that's the direction things are more likely to go in where it's and, – and in part, that's why I want to produce content on a regular basis because if you can produce content on your own like we were talking about, if you can prove you can do it on your own and for a reasonable amount, you can work. Yeah. Because they're looking to get that kind of stuff done. They're looking to make things cheaper, especially now when audiences are so are spread out so thinly among everything. With 24-hour programming on all sorts of channels and cable channels all have programming and networks trying to compete. Hey, if you can do something where here's your budget, you go shoot it, you know, and, you've, and you've written the whole thing and you have your actor friend. I mean, pretty much everybody on his show, they're all friends of his. I don't think he really brings in anybody who he doesn't know. Right. Like the other comedians he's known forever from it's just being in New family. York and all that. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And he's able to get them all work and do the show. I mean, it's, it is a tremendous example. And there's this, this is concept now of the, the Louis C.K. deal that like every comedian wants. Right. Where it's just, I want to get this much money and I want creative control and it's... That's almost become like a model where it's something people want to shoot for. Right. But it's also not like he showed up yesterday doing this stuff. Like he's been oh, totally doing not. he's been doing for years. He did. He wrote on Conan. Oh yeah. And uh he was I think he was a panelist on there for a while. I know he appeared on Conan a lot, obviously, because he was around. Yeah. But he's working on it for years. So, yeah. And so that, it's, and it's paying off now, and now he's able now to do it, it his way with his ticketing and selling. But it's stuff not like he's it's site. not like he's in an overnight oh, who's this Louis C.K. guy? He's been he's been in the game for a long time. And that's the thing, you gotta be around, you gotta prove yourself. Yeah. You gotta people have to people have to look at you like you're a long term investment. Definitely. There's never gonna be that's the one commodity that is always gonna have 
market value is hard work. Oh, yeah. The willingness and the ability to just work hard because you have to. Mm-hmm. You can't come in with a degree or with experience and uh and as much as like I've studied, like you actually have to have some real world yeah. in air quotes experience when it comes to things like this because you like we said, you need to be able to produce. Yep. And you need to be able to do it on just your own. The bottom line. And uh that all kind of comes back to the beginning where we said like, well, no agents. We can kind of do it ourselves for now. So, uh, but like I said, I'm glad that right now we're, we're kind of chatting before we started actually about how, isn't it great that we kind of live in this time where all this stuff is available right. to us and all that? Because once upon a time, maybe you could have started a, a theater group or, or performed with friends or whatever in, in a garage. <laughs> I yep. mean, I don't know. But That's now true. at least there's a forum where it's, you can start a YouTube channel or you can do a podcast or Whatever it is, and you, you can, can actually you get can your stuff get out a, there. If you can get a, a camera that films, you can you can shoot shorts. Totally, you can you can make a web series. You can do all of that kind of stuff if you if you make the time for it. Yeah, if you want to do it, you'll find a way to do it. Yeah, and, and that's how everybody who's gotten anywhere has done it. They yep. made they've made the time and they've made a point of putting in their hours. And that's not as many people in Los Angeles as one might think. Well, that's true too. People think people think that everybody in Los Angeles is doing air quotes again in the industry. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's actually it's a relatively small percentage of people here that are proper in the industry, making money in the industry. Yes, it's a, it's a pretty small amount of people. As competitive as there might be, and for what it is, there's not necessarily as much competition. Where it's just like, look how many people live in Los Angeles. Yeah, but there are a lot of people who are. Have regular jobs oh, at yeah. studios. There are contractors who build sets at studios. Oh yeah, because it beats working in the the midwestern winter a or lot something of like that. Jobs here, uh, a lot totally. Of office jobs. Yeah, everybody has an, Jesus, yeah, right? an office somewhere, <laughs> and uh, a mailroom and whatever it is. Not to say people stay there forever, but there's still that that day job thing where you're you're not going to escape, and people still do it. And and like we said before, Ryan Seacrest, where even though he's in show business and he's doing well, and he probably could retire tomorrow. He still has 40 jobs that he does oh, yeah. in a year. And uh, that's that's part of it. Just because you do something in showbiz doesn't mean you're necessarily on easy street. You still need to work at it. So, yeah. Crazy. Crazy. All right. So you will be the first guest, because I never remember to ask anybody until they've already left. Uh, the first guest who I can actually bring into the only in Los Angeles moment in the show. Do you have an only in Los Angeles moment from your vast experience living here? Okay, I think I think I actually have two. One of them was actually on my way to work, and then the other one actually has to do with work. Good, go on. Um, okay, so the first one, I, I have two different routes that I take in the morning to get to work. I take the 101 if it's early morning because there's no traffic. If there is traffic on the 101, then I take city streets. Yeah. And I end up taking uh, Burbank all the way down to Coldwater until I cut over to Riverside. And there's always a stop where I'm coming up Burbank, right as I'm about to hit Sepulveda. So it's kind of like you're crossing the 405. Like you're you're taking a bridge over the 405 before you get to Sepulveda. And there's yes. always, uh, there was a homeless man that is always camped out at the top of Burbank, right before you get to the light at Sepulveda. He's there every single morning that I see him. And he's got his sign asking for help. And only in LA would the guy... Every morning on Burbank, right around Sepulveda, be wearing brand new Kobe's every morning. <laughs> every morning. Uh, and That's he's true. there all the time. And I always just want to roll down. I want to be like, man, you got some fresh ass shoes. Like, <laughs> for, 
He's wearing nicer shoes than I am yeah. in my car on, on my your way, way to work. work. <laughs> it's unreal. So that is my is one of my only in LA. Uh, and then the other one has to do with work. There's a show that has an animal actor on it. And one of my first days at work, I was perusing the facilities and I came across this animal actor. And I recognized the actor from the show and I said something to the extent to the trainer, oh man, can I pet him? The response, please don't, he's getting in character right now. (laughs) Only in LA. That's a true story, only in LA. Oh, that's amazing. Yep, good stuff. And that's immediately what I thought in my head. When as soon as I walked, I was like, "Only in Hollywood, God damn it!" Of course, yeah, it <laughs> it's is. True. It's it's playing into every single stereotype everybody yep. has. The showbiz yep. stereotype. Mm-hmm. The animal is getting into character. Please, the animal don't. has no idea. Please don't bother him. He's getting in character right now. Yeah, you're gonna mess up his his chi. He's got his, his lines yeah. right at the top of his head. <laughs> so his chakras are in line right now. <laughs> you, it, don't wanna, you don't want to. It blew me away, him. to say the least. It it blew me away. That's amazing. Yeah. But I guess that's how the trainer justifies keeping their job. I like, guess. I can get this animal into character. <laughs> that's, how, that's how damn good I am. Yeah. You yep. can't just bring in another person who knows how to handle this thing. And then the animal goes to do the scene, and everybody's like, it's actually a really good scene. He's doing a really good job. <laughs> it's justified. You know, we take back everything. That's what we says. were looking for. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, only oh, in man. LA. That's brilliant. Both of those. It. Those are absolutely brilliant. There you have it. All right, John, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Thanks I for having me. It. Yeah, of course. You'll, you'll definitely be back, uh, as many of the guests will be. <laughs> but yes. now, you're, now you're in the fold. I'm in so. there. <laughs> and, uh, of course, you folks will hear plenty about uh, our various projects when they uh, come to be. So more on that later on. In the meantime, please subscribe to Chris Abala's Podcast Experiment on iTunes. Give the show five stars. Write a little review. Give the show the thumbs up on Facebook. Follow the show at Cape Pod on Twitter. And the only podcast that matters. Listen to that every Friday on theonlypodcast.com. You can also subscribe through iTunes and check out the show on Beyond Pod, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud.com slash theonlypodcast. If you haven't heard of the show, there's a load of clips up there where you can hear some of the funniest stuff. And uh, the best of your three show. That went up in uh, September, just mere weeks ago. Check out Best of Year 3 if you're new to the show and you want to see what that's all about. So, thank you for listening. Until next time, for John Karunas, Karunas, this is Chris Abalo, and this was yet another experiment.